weekend of racing we've had as well uh, always a bonus yes it does help yeah particularly for those who are trying to make a podcast if there is some racing to discuss yeah if it wasn't the entertainment in the touring cars it was the entertainment in the f1 as well well no but yeah best well, race of the season doesn't say much but <laughs> it's the best race of the season because mercedes didn't win um <laughs> I, i'm worrying that we'll end up like this for the touring cars so the best race of the season will be one that bmw don't win but we'll get on to that let's not bash the beamers from the off um did you enjoy the weekend's racing i did it was plenty of entertainment um good battles throughout the grid as well um wasn't just up the front there was also battles in the middle and towards the end um yeah one of my favorite circuits alton park yeah it's it's a shame that they don't use the longer circuit anymore um, with that nice banked hairpin. Yes, yeah. Um, but the shorter circuit certainly caused some problems this weekend, didn't it? It did. Shall we begin with qualifying? Yeah, best place as any. Qualifying report. It wasn't an overly eventful qualifying session by the uh, standards we've had in the past. However, it was instant in a way for uh, Matt Simpson, who was unable to get out because, well, it was a hefty smash. Yeah, AJ lost the rear of his car coming out uh, of the first corner and collected Simpson in a massive way. He was an absolute pa- passenger, wasn't he? Just coming out of the pits in FP2, um, going about his own business, yep. and then suddenly he gets uh, a BMW-shaped hole in the side of his uh, Civic. Very big impact. Very big. Um, we saw the onboards from both both cars, and you, you saw the G... Yes. meter on it just shoot off yeah. to one corner um, it was stupendous work by uh, Matt Simpson racing team and all the other crews that like chucked in a bit of this metal a bit of that metal that yeah. he needed we understand that both WSR and Team Dynamics both uh, gave him a hand to get it back on the grid what a difference a year makes though uh, mm. Simpson on pole of course in 2018 this time back of the grid no time yeah. set He's not having the best start to the season, although you can't really ever. You know. No, we we haven't seen the sort of consistency. So like he was normally top fifteen yeah. last season, scoring decent points, uh, but this season doesn't it does doesn't seem to have clicked for him. Older Civic, possibly, but you you can say the the older Civic, the RCIB boys, they've got the older Civic as well. True, yeah, true. Um, true. And they seem to be getting probably the most out of it. Um, whether there's any more to come out of that car, we'll see later on in the season. The RCIB boys have taken what was Wicks from last year, which yeah. were at the front winning races, let's not forget. Yeah. Uh, whereas Simpson, of course, is, is still developing that car year on year. And he's a single-man team. He is. He is indeed. Um, other than that, it was a fairly you know standard qualifying session. Camish in the top three. Yeah. Does it week in, week out. He's it, getting more and more consistent this year. Last year was his, his learning curve as as we saw it um, and this year he's quick like in races quick in qualifying qualifying seems to be slightly stronger 
Um, yeah, but his race pace is improving all the yes, time. Yes, very um, much so. I'm, I would suggest possible champion in a few years. I'd, I'd like to see it. He's he's someone that come has come through the formulas, worked his way yeah. up. He was very sex, successful in single seaters. I think it's very sexy then. <laughs> um, and also very successful in the Porsches. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's done very well. Uh, unsurprisingly, a BMW on the front row of the grid in number one slot, Colin Turkington. But it's okay because he was using Slipstream. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, fantastic piece of propaganda work there from WSR. So Turkington took us through his lap and to try and distract him from just how freaking fast that car is, <laughs> he, he suggested that he held back to get into Jordan's Slipstream, yeah. uh, which was the team's sort of line throughout the weekend. Didn't try yeah. to ask Slipstream. It's definitely Slipstream. It's nothing to do with the position of the engine, which we'll get to mm. later on. Mm -hmm. to, to be carrying maximum ballast as well, it's, we've seen it throughout last season, less so at the beginning of this season, but it should set you back. It should do, but it hasn't done because uh, Andy Jordan's the, uh, fourth on the grid. Um, again, he's carrying a fair bit of ballast, but doesn't seem to be affecting him too badly. Is it an argument that the ballast has been reduced too much? Uh, I'm not sure. I always thought the ballast was a little bit too primitive in its set values. I think mm. it should be perhaps set values for a car yeah. to actually damage a car, depending mm. on you know the way the car is set up, rather than just a straight... 60 kilograms for example yep. if you know that a car like the BMW's handles it really well then perhaps it should be a little bit more just try and keep the field that bit closer mm. um, big surprise in a way Sam Tordoff second yeah pulled a lap out of somewhere um, hasn't been that quick in qualifying in the earlier rounds this year no. has been very much underperforming um, for my standards Yeah. Um, which I certainly think you'd agree with yeah, I think so. Another solid lap for Plato. Saw him start eighth on the grid. Uh, Ingram continued to impress in that car. I think he's going under the radar a little bit because he's not at the front. But what he's doing with that car in its first year with no data on board whatsoever, he's doing very, very well. He's consistently inside the top ten, isn't he? He is. He is. Um, which is really pleasing to see. And next year with two cars, I expect them to be much further up and challenging for the title. Yeah, I did see that Austin was there again. I... Yeah, put it out there now. I think Austin will be his teammate next season. Um, finally, not a great session for uh, Tom Chilton, out-qualified by Ollie Jackson, um, and that was to really set the, the theme for the weekend, really. Yeah, Ollie Jackson, we said last time out that he, he was looking to find some more form, yep. and this weekend he's certainly shown that. And Although Tom, as we'll get on to, has had a difficult weekend... Um, he's he's certainly been more consistent and possibly even the faster driver this weekend. Indeed, first qualifying without a red flag. Yes. There we yeah. go. It had to happen. <laughs> it's only taken what six rounds. Half the season. <laughs> yeah. Race one. Well, race one then. Um, a flying start from the BMWs, as you would expect. Uh, Tordoff had a poor one yes, for me. Didn't get hooked up. No. Um, started to slide backwards and then Turkington just like scarpered off into the distance. Yep, that's race one done. Um, while, uh, while everyone else was sort of like sorting it out amongst themselves. It's alarming that this uh, third, fourth, possibly fifth pole to flag victory mm. BMW pads, they are literally untouchable at the front of the grid. Yeah. 
If if they're on pole, then there doesn't seem to be ca- anyone catching them unless there's problems. Yeah. Um, even after safety cars, they just seem to scarper away. Cameron did very well in this race. I thought he did well to keep Jordan behind him. Uh, mm. He wasn't able to launch a particularly troubling attack on Turkton, but right. as we said, he's doing very very well Camish in that car he's consistently at the front consistently keeping pace-ish with the BMWs he's the closest person to challenge them mm. without actually being certainly, able to challenge certainly them, is at the moment yeah um, one thing to note that Turkington and Jordan were on soft tyre in this race yep. as well and those sort of like fallacies of it it going off towards the end don't seem to be coming true at the moment although Camish did start to close the gap at the end but that's pro- probably Turkington easing off and yeah. just, just you know, tire management, and you know we, he has got a very fast car, but I think we perhaps discredit the Turkton. is also a very oh, good. He's a class driver. Yeah, exactly. Um, there were battles throughout the midfield in this race, notably um, Jake Hill, Tom Chilton, Jelly, Jackson, Goff, all wanted to share the same piece of tarmac. Yep. Um, and they were shuffling positions for about what seven or ten laps. Yep. Um, Sutton made progress. Uh, had a poor qualifying, what, down in 16th, I think? Yeah, 15th, 16th. Um, lovely move on Morgan um, for P10 into the chicane. Morgan? Yeah, around the outside on the first part of the chicane, takes the inside for the second part. Yes. And, and powers out up the hill. That wasn't where it was to finish with him and Morgan, then, was it? Uh, not exactly, no. Um, they had a few issues later yes. in the race. Um, we'll get on to that. We will. Uh, Chilton and Hill came together at the final corner. They did. Uh, Tom not very happy about becoming bumper buddies. No, I think Hill should have left him some more room on the outside there. Uh, I could see what Tom was going to do. He's going to try and cut back like Neil did later Uh, in the day. I don't think Hill's anything wrong there. I think Hill's held his line. I think Tom's been a little bit ambitious trying to go around the outside. Um, For me, and I'm not Hill's biggest defender... But I don't think Hill's anything wrong there. That's racing. It's hard racing. It's fair racing. I've got no problem with that. Uh, consequently, it damaged uh, Chilton's tracking, which put him back down of that yeah, back it's a, that's of that unfortunate. group. That's unfortunate, but Chilton's got plenty of time to pull out that move. Yes. He keeps his foot in. Yeah. Hill doesn't, doesn't doesn't give him the space. He doesn't have to give him the space. So. No. For me, it's hard racing. It's fair racing. Uh, Simpson managed to get a little bit more damage in the first race as well, although we didn't see this on camera. No, uh, well, driving angry was the suggestion from uh, yeah, the ever present Tim Harvey. <laughs> we both believe that he, he clipped a tyre bundle on the inside of the corner. It makes sense. Um, it, the damage seems to suit suit that theory. Um, we've, we've skipped ahead a little bit. Neil only had three wheels on his wagon at the end of lap six. Uh, he did, yes. Um, coming into Druids, one of the fastest corners on the track, fifth gear, right-hander, um, and exit stage right. Yes. Um, a bizarre instant, because originally thought, is there a tyre blowout? Yes. Is, has there been have the brakes blown out? No, the wheel no. just fell off. It just decided to go off down the track without the car. <laughs> It'd be surprising if it hadn't been put on properly because there's normally you know, five locking nuts they're, they're be, meticulous aren't they I'd be surprised that if it was that um, it's, it's an unusual thing to see mm. it's not, thing, not something that we've seen this season no um, I think it's just an unfortunate failure yeah of some um, description yeah I, th- we had more clue what was going on than Tim and uh, the commentators really knew well, it did help that once again some of the camera work uh, 
was absolutely appalling. Like a little shoddy, you know? yes. Um, I know you can only record as things happen, but the reactions. I mean, you you wouldn't <laughs> want them driving a car for people on the camera because the reactions are quite poor. Perhaps I get a word of Andy J and get some of his Red Bull down there for, for next weekend. Yeah, the, and that brought out the safety car. It did. Yeah, which pulled everybody back in together. Yeah. Um, Again, it wasn't really enough for Cam to be able to launch attack post the car. Although that said, Turkson is probably the best in the pack about managing how to start a safety right. car. He switches it up. He goes at odd times. Yep. You think he's going to go. He sits. He sits. Then he goes. And you've, he's so good at lulling you to false sense of security or catching cold. He is brilliant at that, you know, restarting a race. Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, there was a battle for last position. There was, which was quite interesting. Blunder won out in that. He did. Um, battle between him, Osborne, Smith, you know, the, the kind of people that unfortunately we expect to see down there at the moment. Blunder had a better weekend, though. He's, he was close to the pace. Yeah. Um, he's slowly improving, um, but he does have a you know tendency to get caught up in these little instances. Mm. Um, and then later in the race, he unfortunately retired, we think due to overheating. There was quite a lot of uh, grass in the uh, yeah. the front of that Audi, um, yeah. and rather a lot of smoke coming from it once it stopped. Yes. Um, as you you said, the Sutton and Morgan had a few few more coming togethers, and that was as a result of being Sutton being pushed wide by Plato. Uh, the chicane dropped him back. Yeah, was a little annoyed. I think it's fair fair to say. Again, I don't see it as a problem. Move no. by Plato, hard but fair racing. No, uh, I, so I, I thought be used to that. Yeah, I thought it was fair, um, but that the comeback through the field um, was to Morgan's demise. Coming through the bottom of Cascades, Sutton pulls out for a late move, which is one of his trademarks. Yep. Um, and he's just mistimed it for me. Yeah, he just misjudged it. Um, it's nothing malicious. No. Morgan is the most unluckiest man in the grid, I think. When is his luck going to change? If if he didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all. True. Um, yeah, he's just been caught up in so many incidents that aren't his fault this year. Yeah. He's done. He's not really put a foot wrong. He's involved in the AJ clash at Doddington. He's obviously got caught up here. Yeah. It just seems to be every weekend there's there's something else. Yeah. But um, I really do hope his luck changes for the second half of yeah, the season because he's he's a good driver. Yeah, nice chap as well. Um, Sutton would later get penalised for this and given a, drip, uh, a grid drop for the second race. Fair dues. I I can kind of understand it, but I also don't. Yes, it's a racing incident, and unfortunately, Morgan has broken his toe link and put him out of the race. Yeah. But <laughs> I still think it's just mistimed. It's not malicious or. What's odd for me here is that this is very similar to what we'd see in race three between Hill and Neil, and Hill's given a 20-second time penalty rather than a, uh, a grid drop for the next race. Or I'm not really sure why. To me, they're very similar instances. It's mm. mo- both misjudging your car on the <coughs> racing line. Yeah. Um, whether it's because Hill has a more dotted track record, I don't know. I, it just seems a bit odd that those two instances were treated so differently when by and large are the same instance. I, I think it may be due to timing in the race and also the positions that they then finished in. Possibly, possibly. Sutton would go on to try and carve his way through the field, yeah. culminating in a spectacular move on Plato into the hairpin. Uh, came out of absolutely nowhere. I didn't see it coming. Uh, Plato certainly didn't. No. Um, brake slammed on, you know, managed to lock the car 
keep it straight and get fast play to the inside it was a, a truly terrific move although by all accounts uh, Plato's interview on the grid for the next race uh, he said there was a little nudge not I personally didn't see any nudge who taught him how to nudge like that Plato exactly <laughs> and that's what Louise said to him and he was yeah. like yeah I've done a few of those moves in my time do but apparently at the start of this season we're not allowed to do you think it's Plato I don't think it was a it, was a, it wasn't a bitchy comment as such it was a tongue in cheek yes. kind of Plato humour um, it wasn't a complaint as such um, but yeah, who, who taught him that move, Plates? Who yeah. taught him that move? One last thing. Um, unfortunately, Proctor was excluded uh, from the race result due to engine overboosting, which I think is rather ironic. Um, you wouldn't have been able to tell, would you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting that obviously the, the stewards and Toker are obviously keeping an eye on cars all the way down the field, which is interesting. Mm. We've had people get penalised for false starts, you know, all the way back down the field. Proctor, who had an uneventful, you know, almost under the radar race, was you know, yep. clearly picked up on this. So they are clearly, you know, scrutinising well, which is can only be a good thing. Certainly. Race two. Race two. And before we delve too deep, deep into the analysis, big congratulations for Colin Turkton, fifty not out. Mm. Um, regardless of what we think about the BMW this year. To get 50 race wins is an incredible It's, it's an awesome stat, isn't it? Yep. I'm not sure many other, if any other, drivers have got 50 wins in the BTCC. I'm fairly sure Neil is in that category. Yeah. Fairly sure. I'm fairly sure Plato is as well, actually. But we'll, we can check that. We'll come back and do the stats later on. Um, the, the important thing to say is that, you know, this is one of the most competitive championships in the world. Mm. Um, and to have 50 race wins here is, you know, is excellent. Fair play. Especially well considering we had 17 different winners last season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jason Plato has 97 BTCC wins, okay. so he's definitely in the club. Um, <laughs> so Turkson led from pole to victory, uh, which concluded a 1-2-4 for BMW. Dan Cavish did his utmost to make sure it didn't become a 1-2-3. Um, even though there's a 1-2-4 here, it was driving before the court mile in this race. I thought Oliphant was very good, made yeah. some good overtakes to get up the field. Um, he's improving race on race and looking much more comfortable in that BMW now. And I think he will definitely win a race this season. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. The pace in the BMW is there, as we've all seen. Um, and Oliphant's one of those drivers that I think thrives on confidence. Yep. Uh, and if he builds up more and more podiums, then gradually, yes, I think he'll get there by the end of the season as well. It's only his second season, don't forget. He's yeah. doing very well. Um, in Collard news, uh, <laughs> a wonderfully mindless move on the first lap to uh, send Sutton off in a bit of a spin and to take his light bulb out of his uh, Astra. For someone that has got such a reputation for mouthing off about other drivers and their abilities in a car... He has been involved, I think, in an incident every weekend, mm -hmm. and this was one of the most mindless I've seen. It's almost like on cold tyres you don't have as much grip. Yes. Yeah. Particularly, it, and a, you might run wide. Particularly in a front-wheel drive car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand why, because there's no one that's touched him either. No. He's just like slid out wide, and. Turned Saturn round and he got a clobber back from him. I'm not particularly sure that Collard even saw Saturn there until it was far too late. I'm, I'm not convinced about his driving credentials this year, I have to say. And no, he, he, he's inconsistent at best. He's being completely outshone by oh, yeah. you know, Jason Plato, who this time last year was saying was done, was finished. Yeah. That's his career in the touring cars over. 
Um, but he's yeah, it's hard. He's he's so off the pace and so he seems to be struggling so much with that car, particularly as you say on opening laps. Mm. Um, this wasn't the only action. Uh, Cook decided to send Goff for a little bit of uh, grass mowing uh, into yes. the hairpin. When you weren't paying quite as much attention at this point, and I just let out a screech yes. as I saw this Volkswagen go hurtling towards a pack of cars. I was checking the cricket, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. Um, there was a little bit of soft justice in a way. Um, oh. Cook managed to take out Smiley inadvertently by sending Goff into the side of him. Now, yeah. Smiley was very lucky. Very, I mean, very we lucky. We say very lucky. It took him out of the race and, you know, messed the weekend up completely yeah. for him and Goff. But, I mean, Goff could have... It could have been quite quite a serious injury. He's um, lucky not to have T-boned him. Yeah, he, luckily he's come and hit him where the front axle is, yep. not in the side of the door like we saw with AJ earlier in the season. Miraculously, it was only managed to take out Smiley. Yeah. yeah, the way they bunch he, up into that hair. Thing. He was absolutely millimetres from the back of Chilton. Um, yeah, he was. Chilton's uh, very, very fortunate. Yeah. But oh, it could have been a whole whole lot more worse, and I'm very glad that there weren't more serious injuries. Yeah, Cook later penalised uh, a decision he says he wants to appeal. Um, his argument is he's already been pushed out onto the grass and he had nowhere to go. Yeah, he said someone was on his left hand side, didn't he? I mean, just get on the brakes a bit earlier. Get on the brakes a bit earlier. Uh, Goff you, has you got know the it's going to bunch up. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to be careful in that situation. Um, Goff also quite lucky not to be more seriously hurt, although they can mm. get the car out for race three, uh, yeah. and, and just you know, sort of another disappointing weekend for Team Hard and the camera curse strikes again. Yeah. So seconds out, round two. Sam was on Hill Chilton watch. Uh, yeah, Chilton and Hill, best of buddies. I don't think so, after this weekend. Chilton did uh, criticise Hill on the grid and in the paddock in yeah. his various interviews. Uh, they, they came together at the chicane for the second race, uh, and this broke front left tyre rod for Chilton and put him out pretty much on the spot. Yep. Uh, Not a good weekend for Chilton. He seems no. to have these at the moment where you have a really good weekend, a really yep. bad weekend. A really good weekend, a really bad weekend. And you need more consistency to even be in a title fight. You do, although his car is so far behind some of the others on the grid as well. Yeah, he struggles. Yeah, he's doing well to even be there or thereabouts in, in that car, in my opinion. The other motor-based car in this race had a uh, shuffle down the field, courtesy of a Plato late move on Jackson. It was a fair move. Fair move. Um, but he did get shuffled down five places. And when it's, it's the case of when you get knocked out of that train of cars, then you've got no one to hide behind. Yeah, in hindsight, Oli may have let Plato go through uh, the previous corner, but I mean, tell that to a race driver, they're yeah. going to fight for every inch of track, otherwise you're in the wrong game. Yep. As you say, fair move by Plato, it's that when you get into that midfield battle, when you're in the concertina, mm -hmm. you will get pushed, uh, you know, pushed down the order. Yeah, you can lose so many places so quickly in touring cars, yeah. uh, just being pushed offline, basically. Uh, Matt Neal, yes. best race of the day for him. Did very well. Um, a sterling effort, obviously, as we said, went out of the race one. It means he started 29th for race two. Yep. And boy, all the way through to 11th. And I mean, some of the moves that he was making, classic Matt Neal. Yeah. I, I disagreed heavily with a point that Tim Hart made in this race where mm -hmm. he was saying that you know, every time Neil went through that corner, his wheel fell off, he'd be worrying it was going forward again. Uh -huh. No chance. Neil 
has got a very good team behind him and is a hard racer. He wouldn't, that wouldn't even yeah. cross his mind. That wouldn't even, you know, maybe on the first lap he'd have gone, oh gosh, this is the corner. After that, no, yeah, no it, chance. It was such a freak incident in the in race one that he knows, or the mechanics probably now understand what had failed, and that the chances of it happening again are very minute. Man. Yeah, so I disagreed with Tim, not for the first time in my life, um, but yeah, very good. <laughs> Uh, from Neil surged through the field incredibly fairly um, just reaffirming why he is such a good driver yeah uh, late into the race uh, Sam Osborne drops it coming out of turn one completely unassisted um, and makes a mess of that MG he does uh, yeah yeah. Uh, there's, there's not much more to say on that the MG is having a torrid time and it's about to get a whole lot worse a couple of laps later yeah that brought a, um, a safety car out to get that Osborne car moved um, we were surprised that the race didn't finish under the safety car. Yeah, the um, safety car came second time it came out as well. Uh, yep. So there were what four laps left. Came in, left two more racing laps, um, where Nick Hamilton had a little coming together with Morgan down into the chicane and uh, yep. ended up backwards. Yeah, not for the first time this season. Not for the first time this season. I doubt it yes. the last. Um, and then possibly the biggest crash or second biggest crash this season yes. behind the Jordan one. Yes. Yeah. It's just, well, take us through it. Well, Crease is racing hard with uh, with Rob Smith at this point in the other MG. I for mean, last position, for they, last position, they, we had. Yeah, but, but you know, every every position counts. Yeah. The races. Um, for me, it's difficult. I think that Crease probably does tap him when he shouldn't do. Crease um, has more, got more room on the outside of the circuit yep. to go to. Um, he opts not to do that. Mm. Um, rubs the rear end of Rob Smith, which sends him shooting into the tyre barrier at about 100. I was going to say 80 to 100 coming out. Down Deer's Leap, you've got a bit of momentum there as well. Yep. Um, and the way it reacts with the uh, Arco and the tyres yeah. is really quite violent. Yeah, it's almost catapulted back out by the tyres yeah. rather than you know, absorbed by them. And it could quite easily have rolled. And I'm not sure. Not sure how it didn't roll. It did roll. Didn't. It flipped. It, it went. It went right up on its nose and like pirouetted, uh, okay. and then came down, came down. just like settled, okay. and was like flat on the floor where all four corners had been broken. What's funny in a way? Is funny. That, well, no, because if you remember, we were watching the uh, ITV coverage, and it takes to the break where it shows the, that car being flipped over in one of the earlier. Yeah. I said there needs to be more barrel rolls in the touring cars. <laughs> My prayers are answered. Um, what's what's amazing about this is we can joke about it in a way because Rob Smith's got out, oh, oh yeah, you know, a few bruises and absolutely fine. These cars are built so Credit so to well. the safety of the cells in these cars. But it's not just these cars; it's the whole field. We saw earlier at Donington in the year in yeah. the Genettas how just how well these machines are built. Yeah, there there have been a few really big accidents at Alton Park as well. Yeah, um, but all all the cars have seen have stood up really well. Yeah, I mean, the, the worst incident I can remember is the uh, the Mike Jordan one from several years ago. I mean, that's that's how many crashes we had since then. Oh, so many. You know, that bigger crashes than that. So the cars are built absolutely phenomenally. Um, before we round up, just a big shout out to Danny Rowbottom. First hey, points on the board. Hey, first points. He looked good this. Season. Some something he's deserved. Um, he's been unlucky this season. Yeah, he looked good this time. Um, yeah, he's looked consistent. He's he's on the pace with the other two now. Yeah, he's he's with Moffat and Morgan there or thereabouts. Uh, you know, perhaps this can be 
a springboard for a good second half of the season for him. I certainly hope so. He was quick in the Leos, which got yep. him got yeah. him to drive. Um, and yeah, it'd be good to see him score a good handful of points now. It's a massive learning curve, the Bruce Thurman Cars. You're seeing that with people like Mark Blundell, who you know, we're not going to bash on him again, but a you know, very experienced driver, struggling at this level. Um, I think hopefully he can use this as a springboard as a say, and we'll see him um, you know, just keep improving, improving, improving all the time. Um, whether we'll see every driver score a point remains to be seen. We're getting closer. We are getting closer. Race 3. So as usual for race three, we have the reverse grid, which puts Jake Hill on pole, Matt Neal alongside, Jason Plato in third. Um, I said to you before the race began, I fancied Jason Plato to win this one. Um, ultimately, Stephen Jelly would be the winner, which filled your day with absolute joy. Uh, yeah. um, Wonderful. To take us through, Hill led well off pole, got a good start, kept Neil honest, mm. um, had held Neil off quite well. I thought, um, and then the incident occurred. Just the little one. The small smidgen of a contact. A little bit of a touch. Now this has caused a big division for various reasons, so let's devote a little bit of time to, to discuss our views on this. Well, first of all, the incident. The incident. Neil gets an excellent run out of the final corner, yes. down Deersleep, gets alongside. Yep. Perfectly fair move, something that we've seen Neil do countless times over the weekend. Uh, alongside down the inside, we should point out for the yes. first corner. Um, so Hills on the outside coming towards the first corner. Yep. Goes right to the extreme of the track to try. We both said before he'd even turned into the corner, he's going for a cutback cut move back. here, which is exactly what Neil had done in to him on the previous corner. Yep. And he's mistimed it. He's got it wrong. It's as simple as that. He's got it wrong. Not maliciously. Not. He's, he's mistimed it and also I think Neil has held a tighter line on the exit I think Neil is also slightly to blame go on I think Neil's cut across him a little bit he's held a tight line and Hill should back out but he's held that tight line to defend his position he has which he's entitled to do because he's in front yeah he is entitled to do it Hill's at fault and I think yeah. Yeah, Hill's admitted he's at fault I just I think he's. I don't think there's any malice on Hill's part. It's just a, similar to the Sutton incident on Morgan. It's just a mistimed attempt to get the cut back. Yeah. However, utter mayhem ensued after that. Yeah. So, on on that spinning Neil, he's absolutely nailed the throttle and put a smokescreen everywhere. But spun it twice. Yeah. So he spun 180, 180 the other way. Yeah, which I don't quite understand the physics of. No. But he's managed to keep it out of the barrier credit to him for that. In the centre of the track. Yeah. Uh, managed to get back onto the track. Meanwhile Plato and Ingram have gone for their little merry dance along the um, along the grass. Yep. And it all slowly settles down until we realise there's quite a lot of smoke coming out of Plato. Yeah, so Plato's cracked the uh, his car basically going across the grass at high speed. Uh, Believe it's sump. Either a sump or an oil, yep. oil pipe. So he's cracked that, and he's putting oil all the way down to the um, hairpin. Not particularly helpful. I, I would have thought... On, on the racing line, maybe. On yeah. the racing line. I did say to you, it's a bit surprised he didn't pull off to the grass and yes. drop it on there. But I suppose if you get oil on the grass, it's even more dangerous, because that's then not going to slow you down in any way, shape, mm. or form. 
Um, this would later affect Ingram, who didn't realise that Plato was dropping oil because he didn't actually alert anybody to his problem. Along with Camish and Collard and Smiley, who, who all went for a trip down the long circuit. They did. This really sent uh, Ingram's race out. He then retired, <laughs> probably with a mixture of damage and... Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he dropped back to about 24th and then had another lock up into that corner. Yeah, just retired. Um, and got grass and yeah. it, it was pointless from that position. Um, I have to say, Neil, incredibly fortunate not to get collected in that. I don't know how he did I, I don't know how he's not. I can, I only, my only thought is that because of the smoke, it, the drivers immediately took to the grass thinking that it's on the track somewhere they can't see. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how Plato and Ingram both missed him. Well, particularly those particularly two. those two yes because they were directly behind him um, yeah I don't know um, the camera angles weren't helpful either no Ingram incredibly upbeat afterwards considering I think that was a really good chance for a win that's been taken away actually. fairly good chance yeah considering um, what happened yeah um, but I, I loved how he was joking on the grid that um, for the third race he, he knew he was on the right tyres this time being slicks like completely over Louise's head which is always <laughs> fun to see um, Neil didn't take the instant as well uh, before no. we get to Neil Plato took it fairly well he got a lift back with, with Collard at the end yeah, I thought, out I the thought that was excellent uh, wave, waving to the fans and to the marshals which is quite nice because Plato last year would not be doing that. He's clearly no. he's clearly happy and back in love with the sport, which is, can only be a good thing. Oh, he's he's in a much better mindset, and I yeah. think you can see that from his interviews as well. I think there'll be a pang of disappointment because I think he knows that a race winner's on the cards. Mm. Um, I don't think that's too silly a thing to say. I think he was definitely a race winner's on the cards yeah. uh, considering where he started and the, the race pace he has. And of course, you know, it'd be nice to see him and Hill, uh, him and Neil, sorry go back to circa 2005 battling yeah. um, Matt Neal didn't take it as well no um, not exactly so after the race Hill is looking very sheepish in the winner's pen I think he probably knows his heart of hearts is being, is going to be taken off him yeah. Neil storms over shakes his hand it looks looks yeah. amicable <laughs> I thought that was quite strange first of all yeah well done and then wag the finger then the finger wagging started <laughs> yeah and by all accounts, uh, quite a lot of nasty words were said between Hill, Hill's team, and Neil. I think he's well polished on his French. Yes, um, I didn't like to see. I mean, I, I've not got a problem with it because it's the heat of the moment. Mm. Neil knows how bloody fortunate he is not to have been yeah. really seriously hurt, and it is a little bit silly and a little bit naive from Jake. Equally. Drivers and you know fans have jumped to Hill's defence saying it's just a small mistake. Mm. Yes, it could have had big consequences. It's a mistake. It's motorsport. This yeah. happens. Um, I think in the heat of the moment, it's fine. I didn't like the fact that Neil has continued this spat on Twitter after some time after. Everyone has continued this spat on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, move on. It's happened. It, it's funny to see from a spectator point of view, um, but to see, I don't know bad words and almost threats thrown about it's, it's not what we want in racing yes we want healthy competition yeah. but that's where it should stop Neil might want to think back to a few years ago on part where he took uh, Shedden out in the last corner with an ill-judged move himself it happens he took his own teammate out yeah. on, that, on that occasion these things happen you know, Neil's <coughs> been on the end and given out various moves like this it's motorsport there's going to be contact sometimes it's right sometimes it's wrong it is just what it is. Um, Jake Hill apologised immediately. Mm. I think he handled the situation as well as he could have done. 
Um, I don't think certain people in his team, naming no names, have helped the situation um, as they have a tendency to rub people up the wrong way, shall we say. Um, but it's just one of those, for me, it's just one of those things and it's been blown out of all proportion by uh, everyone involved. Yeah. It, it wasn't the only incident in the race. It wasn't, no. So, consequently, Hill went out and had, what, five and a half second lead over yep. um, Butcher. Yeah. Who was catching him at a rate of knots. Yeah. Uh, and by, what, lap 14? Was it lap 14? Right about then. Um, he's right on the back of him, coming down to the hairpin. And Butcher goes to break on the racing line, and there's still oil there. Yeah. And he goes straight on, as you would expect. I um, think Butcher would have passed him on the track if he hadn't gone off. Yeah, so do I. Um, but he threw it away. He did. Uh, went straight on, dropped him back down to sixth, um, which meant that for the final lap, he had, what, a one and a half second lead over Jelly? Yeah, he, flag. he did get ahead of Cook again after his Butcher. Um, so he ended up finishing fifth, um, but would have, you know, definitely. Oh no, he did finish sixth. Of course, he got moved up the grid. Yes, you're nothing. Good maths, excellent. <laughs> um, all of this meant that Stephen Jelly, who had a relatively good weekend, consistent, a consistent weekend, and he he was happy with the car as well. He said it was, was on rails. It was quick in that last it was. race. It was quick. It was quick in the second race as it well. Was. Yeah, it was. It um, was. We saw the BMWs go well here last year as well. Yeah. Well, they go so everywhere. It, it's something that we we should have expected, um, and he'll be very pleased. A um, couple of drivers to just pick on. Uh, Tom Oliphant, best score or best result he's ever had, a second. Um, yeah. yeah. So he's creeping up that podium. Uh, of his point of view, that's you know a second, a fourth this weekend. He's had a good weekend. He's done well. He's starting to get a little bit of consistency in that car now. Um, Andrew Jordan with full balance is able to finish sorry near enough full balance is able to finish fourth I mean open up the can of worms as you wish and at last Morgan points Moffat points but he actually looked quite good in this race I thought and Carl Bordley yes points. into the points a point well, they all count they, 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 they do all count. count and actually in this race Mark Blundell 18th not a bad finish actually yeah. if you look at the, some of the cars he's beaten there on track he's beaten Proctor uh, on track, he's beating all the hard boys. He's beating Collard. That's yeah. a good. That's a, that's a decent result. Uh, going back to the point that you made earlier about the penalty system, yeah. so of Cook being dropped those five positions, yeah, um, for the incident he had with Goff, and the twenty-second penalty that was awarded to Hill, yeah, I believe from like my analysis of it that he's been given a twenty-second penalty because it's dropped him down behind Matt Neal in the finishing order. So if he if he'd have only given been given a five second penalty, it would have dropped him to fifth. Yeah. I, if it was a ten second penalty, it would have dropped him to ninth. I get that, but to me that seems too, to me that still seems too harsh. Yes. Because it's not. A, I believe it's too harsh. As it's well. not a blatant. Well, it is a blatant touch, but it's not a. It's not on purpose. It's not a it's, reckless one. It's no. not a massive push to pass it's, it's just misjudged it's a misjudged which has had a serious consequence you know um, for me it's not there's been many a worse incident than this. Mm. I'd argue Cook's incident with Goff is worse and Cook doesn't get dropped behind Goff who doesn't finish no but I, I so, think that is probably the thinking that the stewards have gone with that they need to enforce a penalty well in such about a 27th penalty so he finished this race behind Morgan I mean yeah 
to me, to me, it's not consistent. Yeah, uh, I do feel a bit sorry for Hill in in this scenario. It, absolutely right, he had a penalty and had yeah. the race win taken away from him. But that's also quite harsh because he got on the top step of the podium, did all that, and then lost the. Uh, yeah, I don't like how long it took them. No, um, we had the same problem with the F one this weekend as well. Yeah. Um, and you can't yes, you want to be sure. Yes, you want to hear both sides of the story from drivers. Do they have the podium, mate? But it's for the fans. Yeah, but it should only take you. I mean, this isn't. This is a clear case that yeah. Hill's not going to win the race. Yeah. So don't even. You know, before he's even out of the car, you know that. You know that he, there's going to be a penalty. Sort it out there and then. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I say it's too harsh a penalty in my view. Um, but yeah, what more can you do? Well, that's, that's what we ended up with this weekend. So, award time. Sam, driver of the day. Uh, my driver of the day, I'm going a bit sort of like out of the way. Did yes, Turkington had a great day, so did Jordan. Yep. We've expected that over the last couple of weekends. So, my driver of the day is Dan Kamish. Yeah. It's, it's, quite simply, he was best of the rest of this weekend uh, behind those BMWs and for the last couple of weekends he's been so consistent and he can do it in qualifying and in the race he's getting a lot out of that car um, and has done all season uh, my drive of the day it's cliched um, but Turks 50 not out two flawless races Yeah. Um, yes we, we know he's got a very strong car but at the end of the day he can only race the car he's given and he's, you know, he's doing that perfectly at the moment Jake Hill was in contention until the incident that occurred <laughs> um and you know, I'm gonna, they're not drivers of the day, but I'm going to give a little shout out to both Blundell and Robots, and we've been uh, mm. a little critical on them in the past, and they've both, in my opinion, raced well this weekend and yep. gone up the order well. Um, so, who's your driver of the day or surprise of the day then? Um, Tored off in a way. Yeah. He qualified really well. I mean, if you told me he was in the front uh, of, the po- of, the, uh, of the grid, I would have said no. Yep. Um, he, so he qualified well. He raced relatively well had a good race pace got the podium at the end of the weekend as well which, you know, that's, a, that's a good result for him mm-hmm. uh, big shout out to Ollie Jackson as well who for the first time this season outshone Chilton yeah he certainly did yeah. uh, my drive of the day quite simply was Matt Neal in race 2 yeah. um, the, the textbook moves that he was doing to get him from 29th on the grid all the way up to 11th uh, I think it's probably one of his drives of the season yep um, and it put him right in contention for race three until the incident. Adam Morgan had a weekend as well, actually, after yeah. the problems. He did a while to get back into it. But yeah, fair enough. Um, your villain of the day? Uh, well, it's very easy to go out and say Hill because he's had incidents in all three races. But I'm going to stay away from that. We'll we'll keep that well, to the Twitter sphere. Well, plus, also, I disagree that race was one and two, the incidents or anything to get in, in the tears about this. To me, they are wheel to a racing that's mm. fine I've not got a problem with that um, but my villain day is Cook it, it's a it's a poor showing from him this weekend yes he's still third in championship he had a decent result in race 3 finishing 6th but race 1 and race 2 he was nowhere Yeah, well, and he was nowhere in qualifying as well and fair enough if this is his bad weekend throughout for the season then he's done well yep um but yeah, I don't don't think he showed his potential. No, I completely agree. I've got BTC racing as the villain. I thought that uh, neither Smiley or Cook did particularly well this weekend. They had problems in qualifying. They brought that into the race. Obviously, Smiley can't help what happens in uh, terms of the contact he received in race uh, two. 
but let's be honest, he shouldn't have been down that part of the grid anyway. No. You know, with the greatest respect to Team Hard and Jack Goff, the way BTC Racing have started, they shouldn't be racing Jack Goff, they should be up the front racing. So, yeah. you know, they've only got themselves to blame, in a, in a sense, that's been ultra harsh. But Especially as they were, or it's been said that they've got the updated um, Mark 8 Civic. Yeah. Uh, the same as Honda Urasa. Yeah. And actually, yeah, prior to this one, we've said that they've been outshining on yeah. Honda Urasa. Um, but, yeah, just a surprisingly almost no show from them. Mm. Um, your team of the weekend? My team of the weekend was Halford's Urasa Racing. Okay. Um, the consistency that both of them have shown shows that they're. I think they're both possibly in a, with a shout at the title. They're certainly going to be up there pushing the team towards the driver's title at uh, the team's title sorry yeah I don't think either would be close enough for the uh, for the actual driver's title the team one maybe uh, my team of the weekend is it's a mouthful Cobra Sport AMD Auto Aid RCIB Insurance just to note that's the Hondas <laughs> yes um, Cook no uh, not Cook another uh, no, one Tordoff and Butcher you know good points finishes qualified well could have been a win to Butcher if he hadn't hit the oil, um, <laughs> yeah. but I mean he's just caught out by that, so that's unfortunate. Yeah. But you know, three strong races, three strong point scores, and Butcher's still just about in it for me. Just about. He's in touch, isn't he? He's just about in touch. Um, it, I think it only takes for one of the top three to have a bad weekend yep. um, at the remaining events for him to be right up there challenging again but equally if you said at the start of the season he'd be even in touch you'd, oh, yeah. you'd have laughed yourself out he, he just so. snapped whoever's hand off for yeah. that so he's yeah he's doing really well so in terms of the championship it's as you were Colin Turkton leading the way from Andrew Jordan boy did not see this one coming yeah 33 point lead now um, I mean AJ did very well to get back into this considering the Donaldson oh, no very much so um, but the running away of it. It's going to be one of those two that wins the title, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, they've got, what, a 14-point lead over Josh Cook and 15-point lead over Butcher and Sutton. It's yeah, a battle for third there, I think. I think that at the moment, Cook, Butcher, Sutton and Cambridge are just about in it. I don't think Neil... I think Neil and Shilton are probably too far back now. I think Neil might still be in it just because of the team he's got behind him, but certainly Chilton's out of it. Um... It's a shame. It I think is. it's been decided quite early on. We've got half a season to go, and it's almost inevitable who's going to win this year. Mm. Um, it's nowhere near as topsy turvy as it has been in the past. No. But um, it's not really changed at all, has it, for the last weekend? It's you know the same drivers putting the same consistent performances. You, you know, Butcher, Sutton, Camish, three very consistent drivers keeping it up there. Yeah, finishing off the top ten, you've got Chilton in eighth, Ingram with a decent points haul for the first season in yeah, that Toyota in ninth. Um, and Plato, who seems to be enjoying life at the yeah, moment, touring cars in tenth. Yeah, he's doing quite well. Uh, Stephen Jelly's been up the order, of course, sort of an, another race win. Mm. Uh, and Jake Hill, rather what you'd expect, midfield, holding off some, you know, Morgan Collard, Smiley, who's dropped down now. You know, yeah, he has. He's fallen away quite, quite, a, quite a large amount. There's only four, three, three people left to score points. Yeah. Two MGs and Nick Hamilton. I don't think we're going to get a full point scoring grid I'm you afraid you never know I don't think the cameras will score a point and the MGs haven't scored a point for what well, <laughs> they're still racing the 2010 season so 
in terms of the manufacturers then, BMW, as you'd expect, lead the way from Honda, from Subaru, from Vauxhall, from Toyota. Yeah, storming that, aren't they? Yeah, they're going, always going to. They've got three cars in it. Yeah. Uh, team standings. Team BMW, again, running away with it, but probably not to the extent you would expect. No, Oliphant uh, improving can only help their title charge, though. Certainly. Uh, from Halford Uassa Racing on yeah. 252. A uh, little bit of a gap now back to Cobra Sport, the RCIB exactly. Hondas. Yeah. Um, followed by BTC Racing and then the Subarus. PMR comfortably within the... You know, they're in touching distance, actually, PMR. Yeah, not off the title, but you know, no. they could realistically still get top three, maybe? At a push, yes. Uh, I certainly think they could probably finish fourth. If Carl could finish a race in the points, that, that would be that would be greatly be help, helpful for for them. Yeah. Now the independents, Roy Butcher leads the way. It's closing up though. It's mm. getting tight. Josh Cook closing in. Yeah, only six points between them now, and there there seems to be a little gap opening up. Certainly with the bad weekend that Tom Chilton has had. Yeah. Uh, what's that? Thirty-five points. Yeah, it's, it's a long way back. It's substantial now. Jelly's moving up, as you'd expect, uh, from uh, another good weekend from him. Yeah. Tordoff's doing well as well, he's moved up a little bit. The big losers are, as you'd expect, Chris Miley moving down the order, Adam Morgan can't catch a break. No. Um, and it's pretty much as you'd expect as you go down the, the list. In terms of independent teams, BTC Racing still lead the way. Uh, they lead Cobra, etc, etc, insurance uh, by uh, 15 points. Uh, team shredded wheat just about in touch and then it falls away a little bit of trade price cars yeah and team Parker racing with obviously only run with uh, Stephen Jelly so in fairness to trade price cars that's a pretty impressive show they're holding off you know it is considering tools. how poor the Audis were last season yeah yeah very much so impressive. that's quite impressive actually fair play in terms of the Jack Sears trophy uh, as you would expect, Rory Butcher does lead the way on this one from Tom Oliphant. Uh, that could be quite interesting come the end of the season. Um, they could be quite close, actually. Yeah, especially if Oliphant keeps up the uh, form that he showed this weekend. Yeah. We know Butcher's been consistent so far, but a 40-point gap could be closed quite quickly in a BMW. Uh, Dan Robot, fair play in third there, overtaking oh, the yeah. hard boys now. Um, yep. Very good. And Sam Osborne last uh, in 10th position. AOB time, well it's obvious where we're going to go, it's the BMWs and there's been a fair bit of Twitter spatting about this today between AJ and JP. I'm, I'm not sure you've managed to get any work do, done today, have you? Shush. You, you've just been scrolling. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> um, so essentially the, the issue here is that Plato has taken a few swipes at uh, Jordan uh, and basically called his question uh, the positioning of the BMW engine. Which was previously called into question obviously when the Subarus were quick. Yeah, so the Subarus were deemed to have their engine uh, in the middle, i.e. Uh, they had all the various components in front of the, uh, no, behind, behind the, engine, the front axle. Yeah. Um, which in a rear wheel drive car you can get away with because obviously yep. the axles coming out is going back to the rear of the car whereas the front wheel drive ones They've obviously got to come out at the right angle for where the front wheels drive from on, yeah. on the drive shafts. And Plato made a good point that you know this is essentially now a very similar situation that Subaru found themselves in with a really well-built car that was 
you know, absolutely dominating the field and was deemed to have a mid-engine mm. and therefore they had to have a large power reduction and had to move the engine which eventually you know, ruined that car and it took a lot of time to get that to be competitive again. It was an original loophole in, in the rules. Yep. It wasn't covered by rulings on where it had to be no. in relation to other parts of the car. And that's a good point to make. BMR mate broke no rules at the time. No. And it's a good point to make. And seemingly, nor have WSR. No. Um, clearer pictures would be more helpful. Um, and also a thorough read-up on regulation in relation to other parts on the car. Although Plato did, as part of his tweet, say he's not got a problem with WSR building a good machine. He's, mm. His frustrations are at the regulations and how it's been allowed to be built in that manner. Yeah. Um, I do think that it needs looking at, as we say week after week, um, you, know, you can't be winning a race with full ballast. And Plato made a point, that easily I mean, Plato made a point that in race two, with Turkey running the full ballast, Turkey's fastest lap was quicker than Plato's best qualified lap. Yeah. Which is astonishing. Yeah. It's something that you wouldn't expect to happen, especially at a race pace where you're like, trying to manage tyres, manage heat and stuff like that. On a qualifying lap, you're all out for it. And I think the difference between the front-wheel drive and the rear-wheel drive cars, it's it's almost getting to the extremes it needs to be brought closer together again yeah um, we obviously saw as you said the Subarus have a power reduction because of their rear wheel drive and how they built the car is there an argument to make the championship only front wheel drive only rear wheel drive I don't think so because we've seen BMW in the series for a good 10 years or so now mm. and it's been competitive yeah. No, it's got a problem with a BMW winning the series. No. That's that's not the contention here. The problem is how easily they're running away with it this year. Jordan hit back to say words along the lines of, "You know, look at Dan Camish. He's the most consistent uh, person in the last few events. He's in a front-wheel uh, drive car, um, and he had you know, congratulated them live on television for building a good car." I'm not sure Camish necessarily sees it that way. Um, insofar as I'm sure he'd much rather be. You know, in a car that's closer. I'm sure he'd much rather be able to beat them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Cameron just said several times in his interview, I have, no, I have no answer for the BMW. I have no way of competing with that car, essentially. Um, and I just think that it does need to be looked at. You know, we've got a situation where cars with full ballast are still absolutely dominating and easily winning races, which is not you know, what the BTC is famous for. No, we, we want this to be a series where there is competition as we saw last season where the, we had 17 different winners yeah. this season BMWs in the last three rounds have taken the opening two races yeah, with ease with ease yeah. um, last three actually because the thrux in there were by far yeah. so far up the road it was unbelievable and uh, now, we, we just want to see more competition but in the interest of being fair yes um, you know, not to provide a biased opinion WSR are a very well established racing team. There's backing for BMW yep. and they've designed a very, very good car. Yes. There's probably an element to this of sour grapes of how A, how much money's in the team yep. compared to some of the other teams uh, and how much is readily available to them from BMW and their various race datas and engineers. An argument that has also been made at the higher echelons of racing, namely F1, Mercedes and Ferrari, have much more money than other teams yep. and they're able to invest and develop better. The only difference I say here is that the BTCC needs these kind of teams bringing that kind of money in because yep. it's not at the same level as F1. 
But I think the danger is we're going to get to a situation which F1 has done, where the only exciting race of the year has just happened this weekend, and it's essentially because of Mercedes didn't finish on the top step of the podium. Mm. Yeah. It's not something that we want to see week in, week out. No. Um, we like to have a range of competitors, manufacturers, um, suppliers be competitive with each other. We did say as well after the Croft one that there's no way there's going to be anything coming into this weekend. It was too close to Gavit to look at. But we're now going into the summer break. Five weeks. Five weeks. There is a test planned there is at Snet. Something's got to be done these five weeks for me. Yeah, I th- I think it needs to be very well judged. Yeah. Whether it's a boost reduction like we saw with the Subarus, or whether it's I, th- I think a change to the regulations is going to be far too big. At this stage, yes, that's going to come for next season. I wonder whether they could whether we could go back to the old system of ballast and maybe try that for a weekend. Possibly, although. If you try for a weekend, you, it's difficult, isn't it? Because yeah. if, you know, you've got to have it all the way through or not at all, I think. Yeah. You've got to be all or nothing approach on these things. Um, I think the only answer is to have the boost turned down. It, it will be interesting to see, one, whether anything happens, and two, if something does happen, what happens and the effect that it will have. I think I'd like to see happen. More. It's not going to happen because of the way it works. I'd like to see in this test session, give the car to Hamilton, Blunder and Osborne. Three drivers that are constant back of the grid, no yeah. disrespect, in what are slower cars yeah. and see what sort of times they're posting. Because if they are posting it those kind of times, because well, part, part of this will be you've got three, you've got two very good drivers, two world, sorry, two former champions and a, a very promising competent. and competent other driver in Oliver. Yeah. So part of it is that you've got three very good drivers so I'd be quite interested to see what happens if you put the hands into some perhaps lesser experienced drivers I think because it can't happen I think it would be more likely to happen if it was Jelly because he currently drives the BMW from last season but again he's quite experienced in the touring cars and quite a good driver in his own right he is but using last year's car with the upgraded engine from last year if that makes sense he's not making that progression that we saw from BMW last season. Yeah, yeah. So if if we would see him in it, I think the times would be more representative of of those across the whole field rather than putting quote unquote slow driver in it. Possibly, I just think that would be a good acid test of cars that are you know mm. drivers that can't get the great time out of their car. If Blundell suddenly started to lap. A couple of seconds of what Turkson's lapping if he goes in that BMW. You know, there's a you know, we're talking about it's not just down to driver power, yeah. Um, because that'd be a WSR's argument at the moment that you know, give us a break. We've got two ex champions and a very competent third driver, of mm. course, we're going to be running near the front, yeah. Well, we'll be taking a summer break uh, until we go back to Snet. Very exciting, we will be at Snetterton. Yeah, looking forward to it. So keep an eye on the socials for some live videos, hope some live interviews with various drivers uh, and video blogs. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll try to keep you updated from the test session that happens in the break as well. Yep, and we will, if, if there is a big change to the BMWs, we might even run a quick supplementary pod in the meantime. But let's see what happens. Until Snetterton, goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Bye-bye. 
remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 